Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage, mortgage matters. Hey. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Just getting used to some new headphones and... Uh, Buttoning up a little email here for work. <laughs> Just <laughs> multitasking here yet again on Mortgage Matters. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking around from Motormouths. It's uh, toasty. Those guys sure know how to warm up a microphone, warm up huh? Mic- wow. Yeah, it is. It's toasty in here. Toasty yeah. outside. Of all Feels like weekends. Jesus left the oven on. <laughs> right? Of all weekends for me, huh? <laughs> Some cruel Hansel and Gretel joke here or something. Yeah. Yeah. Come on in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radio's real nice right now. You like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's warm. I, I'm trying to figure out if I was more comfortable outside or inside. I think here, more Jim. outside. Yeah. yeah. I don't least know why. Yeah, we've got the the natural breeze outside here. We're working on the man-made stuff. The man-made stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've tried to get the air conditioning to kick on about five or six times now, and it's just saying... Uh-uh. We're out of here this weekend. Well, it's usually that first good heat of the year uh-huh. when the important things in life like air conditioning will uh-huh. fail you. But so. you, the good news is you have air conditioning about three feet from you in the hall and you've got the open door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every now so, and then I just, I stick my hand uh, out there. For so some that, reason, you know, my handle stops sweating. For some but. reason, the green room's cool. The hallway's <laughs> cool. The studio where I actually do the show though. Hot. It's, it's toasty. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, hey, you know, rain, sleet, or snow, incredible heat. We're, the show must can go on, right? The show must go on. It's just how it is in showbiz, um, as well as the mortgage biz, which... It know, never ends. never ends. It never ends. <laughs> um, so, yeah, here we are. It's uh, kind of an odd week uh, with the 4th of July holiday on Tuesday. So we had a... A one-day beginning of the week with a little holiday slipped in there, and then a three-day finale. I liked it, um, and it also was a was a news-rich mm-hmm. week with uh, the unemployment report and some other happenings. Um, and so we're here to report. We have, yeah. I, I think that it's interesting to me that we still see no wage increase with all these jobs. That come out, you know, and I, I might be jumping the gun here and getting over the pleasantries of us getting back on the radio for this Mortgage Matters week, but it's just it just seems to me like the old formula, the microeconomic formula of like when unemployment's below five percent, wages should go up is is debunked. It's not a thing anymore. And and there's a couple factors, you know, baby boomers are retiring, they're higher wage earners. College kids just graduated, right? They just probably got in the workforce last month. Sure. But wage increase is a tenth of a percent, two-tenths of a percent. Yeah, so Mike's diving into some of the details of this employment report that came out on Friday. So let's talk about that a little bit. It was um, 
I think in general, it was viewed as a positive report, good hiring numbers, unemployment rate, while it ticked up a tenth of a percent, it's still a great number at 4.4% for that headline unemployment figure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've The number of jobs added for the month of June was um, came in at 222,000. Very good number, strong number um, compared to what we've seen lately. There were also some upward revisions to previous months. And so now for the first half of 2017, we have averaged um, job gains of nearly 180,000 per month. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice strong number. It's only slightly behind last year's pace. Um, but what Mike's referencing here is the, the hourly earnings, which is another component that's measured in this report and hourly earnings were up a 10th of a percent month over month up two and a half percent year over year. Um, and it's just, it, it's not good. It's not good enough um, yeah. especially when you look at price of housing. Um, you know, I know that you'll hear that inflation, you hear it from the Fed, you hear it from other departments that inflation's not really showing itself. It's not present in today's economy, but it doesn't necessarily feel that way to those of us out there who are looking for housing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but think that my grocery bill has gone up over the years um, in yeah. spite of this non-existent inflation. I just feel like I'm spending more on the basic needs that I have with myself and my family and our household. It seems like things are more expensive, yet the gas data is down. suggest it. Gas is probably one of those components that's that's dragging that inflation number down. Yeah. Because, you know, what was it? A couple of years ago, it's $4 a gallon, and now we've been... Hovering around 250, 260. Cheaper on the 4th of July than it was on the first of the year. Yeah. That's weird. It is. That's when the that's when the gas companies really kick it to the people getting on the road. And, you know, Dan, part of the reason your grocery bills have gone up is because you buy chickens where you know the name of the chicken. You know, right. excuse me, you buy eggs where you know the name of the well, chicken. Well, I need to make sure that I've, you know, <laughs> seen, I've witnessed them running around. Yeah. Nice. I mean, are they pasture. free range? Yeah. Did they have a yeah. square mile? Right. Yeah. Uh, Nowadays, you go out, you meet your chicken, you understand hey what that chicken's made of before you purchase. Yeah, knows those chickens literally Kidding. by name. <laughs> yeah, we do have a couple at home, yeah. but those aren't for eating. They're for yeah. right. They're for my dog didn't. Go. My dog couldn't come over on Fourth of July when we had a party at Dan's house. Yeah. They were worried it would eat the chickens. Well, we're just. We're having enough. I think that's a fair our, request with our own dogs. I think it's a fair request. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering about the gas. So, with you, could the gas be going down because of the demand? I mean, EV vehicles, uh, flex fuel vehicles, all these ones that are getting higher higher mileage or not even using gas at all, and there's just not as much demand. I think that's a slice of the pie chart. Right. I think that's a, certainly is. I mean, I have a hybrid vehicle. I fill up like once a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drive to Santa Maria. I, I go to Tascadero once a week for office meetings or yeah. uh, client meetings, and I'm filling up once a month. I mean, yeah. and, I, and I don't have children, but mm-hmm. you know, I'd imagine that that's a slice of the pie. The biggest piece of it all, though, is, is you know, the power mongers or power brokers are involved there. OPEC, if you will, other people with supply and, and, and adding more gallons to the market. But I do, we're talking about inflation. We're talking about the difference between 
the average household income and and how it relates to real estate purchases. And I just don't see this unemployment figure that we got this month being something where Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the mortgage-backed securities start thinking that they can tick up on rates just to you know offset some type of bubble or some type of, oh my gosh, here comes the inflation wave. Yeah. It's not there. Right. It's and not there. The only, I mean, right now, as it stands, housing is affordable to roughly a third of the population. Pick any major metro market, and that's roughly what you'll see, yeah. um, is that only a third of the population can afford the median-priced home. Um, and and that's in an environment where we're still seeing these incredibly low interest rates um, and a recovering imp, uh, jobs economy here. So in spite of those positives, um, when it typically comes to buying real estate, it's still extremely unaffordable for the majority of the population. Yeah. The last time the unemployment rate was this low, wages were rising by roughly 4%. Um, normally, as you would expect, as the number of unemployed people dwindles, employers raise pay to attract qualified job seekers. We're not seeing that, though, this go around. And, you know, there was a, a lot of discussion this week. I saw it on CNBC um, as I was in the office yesterday. You've already started the discussion this morning. Are there other factors that aren't um, typical that could be contributing to this lack of wage gain? And one of the big things that was discussed on CNBC yesterday was this idea that we do have a transition in our work population age. We've got major. We have a huge demographic of people before the you know, now that it's all about the millennials, right? They're the next big population wave coming through that can really um, have major influence in our economy. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that, it was the baby boomers. It was always, what are the baby boomers doing? Let's follow that that demographic and mm -hmm. see what they're doing, and you know, structure our business around them. Mm -hmm. um, but as they reach retirement age, you know, they've reached, they've been at their highest income levels, and now they're starting to retire. And then those jobs get filled by, as you're describing, the college graduate, the younger generation who. Um, doesn't have the financial needs or just is willing to work for less, you know, maybe that's what what's out there offsetting wage gains. It's really not that there's not, not um, you know, improved compensation for a job. It's just that jobs are going from older to younger people and they're just willing to work for less, the younger folks. Yeah, and correct, their lifestyle calls. And someone that sits at a desk and makes financial decisions for a company every day sees this as a breath of oxygen. I mean, I can get another person to get, you know, Rhonda's been great for 30 years. Her health insurance costs $1,800 a month. I'm paying her $10,000 a month. Now I've got Junior over here. We can pay four and his health insurance is 800 bucks. Right. Boom. There's $6,000 back to my bottom line. That's happening every day. Mm -hmm. Not just because they need to push Rhonda out. Rhonda wants to leave. She wants to go be with their grandkids. She's the baby boomer. And, and so... You know, at Central Coast Lending, I want to transition off this topic really quick into a product that we have to help, Dan, but I don't want to steal the show from you. By all means, go ahead. Uh, what we do at Central Coast Lending is we don't wait to see if inflation is going to happen or not. We go find a product that can help with what's going on today. Um, one of our investor partners offers a great product where we, it, it, we call it a, 
almost like a uh, a new home relief product is what I'd call it. It's a budget product. It's a 30-year fixed note that allows the new homeowners to take two percentage points off their note in the first year. So instead of paying a 4.5% interest rate, there's no gimmicks. It's a 30-year note. You're going to get a payment on a 2.5% interest rate year one. Principal and interest is going to go down by about on a $400,000 home, let me start over. On a $400,000 home, your normal payment on a 30-year fix for, for a 4.5% interest rate today would be $2,026. Okay, In this product, this, this budget product where we can drop the rate for the first two years, year one, your first year rate of 2.5%, your payment's going to be $1,580. Okay? That's almost $500 less, Dan. In the second year, it's going to jump up one percentage point to 3.5. Now your payment's 1796. Now you've had two years in the house, Dan. As you know, a lot of our homeowners need that first year just to adjust to that bigger payment. And in the third year, your loan gets back to what I call maturity, and it stays at 4.5% interest rate. And now your payment is 2026 a month. But we're in month 25 through the rest of the term of the loan. And that's a way to offset this this hassle. Now you still have to qualify for the, the the higher payment. And I can't get you through underwriting and close your loan if you can't afford that loan in year three through the rest of the term of the loan. But I sure can make it easier for you year one and two when you're in transition. Maybe you know you're going to be in management. It's just taking time at the office. And maybe you know that second kid's on the way and I'm going to have diaper expenses. I'm going to need to you know maybe get some daycare for my kid. Cause I moved a little bit further outside of town cause I can't afford downtown San Luis, but you can do it in a transitional way where central coast lending can help you get into a nice product. I call it the budget loan, but I'm sure there's a better name for it. Yeah. Um, I, and it's, this is a product that's been around for a long time. It's not new to the industry. It's not new to, to financing. It's a, it's a buy down loan. Um, I think it's marketed poorly. I, well, it's I got lumped it's in with some of the other risky loans. Because um, it is an adjustable rate yeah, because, for the first two because years. Because the rate changes those first two years. It's been, I think it's been lumped in with those other loans um, that are seen in a negative light. And the, the buy-down loan is a good loan. It is fixed. You do know what the adjustments will be, exactly how much it will adjust, exactly when it will adjust, mm-hmm. and exactly what the worst case is. It's... It's really only those first two years you get a little rate relief before it settles into that f- that fixed rate for the 28 remaining years on the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a way just to get your foot into the the door of housing um, and at a more affordable payment. A lot of times when when some especially someone early on in their career gets hired, they'll work for an employer. They know they have that usually a typical 90 day probationary period. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, upon hiring, you even get notified that you're going to be reviewed at six months or 12 months for a pay bump. Yep. Um, you know, after you, after you get trained and pass through that probationary time and we know that, okay, you're someone that we see, um, 
you you've made it through the merit. the hazing yeah. uh, process here, if you will, and and we we hope that you stick around. So let's settle you into a better salary and mm-hmm. into your long term duties. And so when when someone knows that, it's like, oh well, all right, this is great. I I feel confident in myself. I'm going to make it through that period, no problem. Let's start to settle down and and think about the next step in our family life. Let's buy this house. I know that I'm going to be up for a raise here in six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to get in. Mm -hmm. Another person is someone who might only be looking for a home for a shorter period of time. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to get in, um, get a fixed rate. And then the worst case is it's only going to bump up that 1% per year for those first two years until it settles in at a very reasonable four and a half ish percent rate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great product for different reasons, but it's not something that, um, you know, is new. It's been around. It kind of comes in and out of favor. Sometimes I've seen it where there's three annual adjustments to start the term. It's called a three, two, one buy down. This one you're describing is more, two, one. more yeah. traditionally called a two, one buy down. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's all it is. And really what you end up doing, um, is that you end up taking a slightly higher rate for that final adjustment. So, you know, four and a half percent today is slightly higher than what you would get on a traditional 30 year. At the end of 30 years, the bank gets roughly the same amount of interest. Yeah. That's how it really works. You know, they adjust the amortization chart. They subsidize the first two years by bumping up the rate of interest for the last 28 years by a slight amount. People way smarter than us are in a back room figuring all this stuff out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the bank's going to get their interest one way or another, and this is just a slightly more creative way of doing it, but it's very safe, very secure. You, like I said earlier, you know, when the adjustments occur, you know what the adjustment increment's going to be. It's something you can, you can plan around and um, bank on. So it's, it is a great option for folks who want to try to get in and make it affordable for those first couple of years. I think so. And I just want to say this, uh, it also is available for rate and term refinances as well. Um, if you do it as a purchase, you can do it Fannie or Freddie, meaning your debt to income ratio can slide up or down over that 45% ratio. But if you do a, a refinance, it does have to be with Fannie Mae. It's an interesting product. Um, as we segue into the middle part of the hour here, Dan, I, I think we've got a pretty hot show today. I, we've got a great guest coming on, um, David Hubble, the broker for um, Hubble Real Estate Group here in the Central Coast. Uh, he's actually, I really like this guy. He's got, he's one of those people in that you'll see in the, the Tribune, you know, 40 under 40. Uh, I think he's he's got the attitude, he's got the perseverance, and he's certainly got, he's certainly got the wherewithal on how this market works. He's going to come on the show here with us for the middle portion of the show, talk to us about his take on listing properties, how he, he meets with his clients, how he strategizes with them. Also, he's got a really interesting tidbit on supply, what's going to happen with supply, his theory um, on supply and and lastly I just am very excited for him to talk about how he runs his company I, I and that is David Hubble with Hubble Real Estate Group um, I want to get him on the show here as soon as possible but I think we might need to take a small tidbit of a break for our sponsors what do you say I say I'm ready to fire a break if I think we should do break. it ladies and gentlemen please <laughs> stick around for more mortgage matters we'll be right back to ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 0183960008. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Welcome back. You are listening to Mortgage Matters. It's about 30 minutes past the hour here. Um, do you want to remind you that you can call in and ask a question or share a comment? Give us a call at 543-8830, 543-8830. We are joined live in the studio uh, by David Hubble. He's the broker and owner of Hubble Real Estate Group in San Luis Obispo. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. There we go. There we go. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> Got you fired no up. Uh, good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, first off, I just want to say it, it's actually my father is I'm the broker. <laughs> okay. So okay. broker Bob. Uh, yeah. And then I'm the owner of the company. Uh, so I just full disclosure in our world. That's good. So I wanted to let you know, broker Bob is our technically our broker. And then uh, I am the owner of Hubble Real Estate. A small alarm went off in my head earlier when I said that. I think I was 50, 50 guess. In my industry, yeah. I'll probably get a hundred emails saying, Dave, you're not the broker. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, glad to You're be welcome. here. Um, happy to share anything about this industry, about what we've been doing. We are sure. growing. And, uh, you know, real estate's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good things going on right now. There really are. I, I feel like, you know, I, I had the privilege of sitting with you and your staff on um, Thursday of this week, staff meeting at your office. And um, I can tell by, and then Friday I saw the caravan list 
which is in South County, usually Grover Beach, Royal Grande, Pismo, if you will, sometimes. Sometimes it goes down to Orcut. And I saw, I think you had three listings on the market yesterday. It might have been just two. I think it was Sherry Wise had a listing. Sherry. Bobby uh, had Bobby a listing. Pool. I mean, we, yeah, we take listings to sell them. So they come in, we move them, right. and they're in, they're out, and we got happy clients. And so it's hard to keep track of how many listings sure. are coming in and, and going. But yes, that is part of our. Um, our service is obviously doing the caravan. We do stuff a little bit differently with the property premieres and kind of boosting it to try to try to create uh, a buzz around the property. But we, yeah, we have a lot of properties uh, on caravan. There's a lot of good agents out there getting listings right now, and there's a lot of you know inventory is definitely starting to to change. Um, so it's 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 an exciting time right now. I think when you so t- you say you're the owner of the company, or you're an agent as well. I am an agent. I've been doing this for about 13 years okay. selling. And um, over the years, I've I've gone through a lot. Um, I went through the foreclosure drop when it happened. I right. was managing a lot of the foreclosures. And so I got a lot of experience in the world of people pouring, pouring concrete down toilets, um, backing up and taking yeah. the electrical and just driving away and ripping electrical out of the house, taking the front door, taking carpet. Um, so nothing really scares me anymore in this industry because we've been through it. Um, right. So when, when you, sw- <laughs> <laughs> you walk through with a new buyer and they're like, I don't like the color of the cabinets. You're like, that's yeah, going to be fine. Yeah, so because we one cabinet that. door is probably missing and we need to repair that anyway. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not the industry we're in anymore, but it is the industry that I got experience in. And as the industry shifted, we kind of changed our our our. Um, we shifted with the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so now going and helping clients, we can, especially clients that are investors are looking to do flips. You know, we, we've, we've had that experience that I can look at them and look at the long-term vision and the long-term, mm-hmm. this is what we can do with the property. And here's where you can get some value out of the property. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you have, um, the, you're, so agents that work for you now, uh, a lot of them are, buyers and sellers agents you know it's hard to be just a listing agent i think i think you have to be open to both i think you can target listing and do listing all day long but the average person needs to supplement income and you know i i love listings listings are our best form of marketing for our company but yes um servicing the buyer is again we're doing stuff a little bit differently over at hubble real estate we're actually reaching out to the clientele and ex expecting that, hey, we're going to go out there and if we can't find the listing for you or if the listing isn't on or there's no home for you, we need to actually physically go out into the market and talk to people, whether we're door knocking, whether we're making our phone calls, whether we're doing our power hour, but we need to find you that property. And in order for us to do that, we need to know that we have a loyalty with you, that as a buyer, you at the end of the day, when we find you that property, you're going to end up using us as your agent Mm -hmm. because everybody in their I think the DMV gives real estate licenses away when people go get uh, their driver's license. Like everybody has a real estate license, but once you have that license, do you know how to use it? Do you know how to service the client? And so over at Hubble, that's what I'm teaching my sales agents is, Hey, when we go out into the, in the workforce and we're looking for these properties, you need to make sure you get a loyalty contract with that buyer. There's no cost to it, but at the end of the day, it's a contract that basically says, I'm your agent, here's my expectation, this is mm-hmm. what you're, you can expect from me, my mm-hmm. services, and in return, when I find you that property, I'm expecting that you're going to use me as your agent as well. 
and you know, give me 60 days, give me 30 days, give me an opportunity to work for you and let me perform. And if I can't perform, that's fine. But at the end of the day, I don't want to perform and then find out that your sister is going to write the offer for you. Mm -hmm. So we take clients that want to work for us. I don't go around hustling for the business saying, oh my God, please work with me. We are good at what we do, but we expect that our clients are going to stay loyal to us. And it's been a good motto so far. And we've been helping a lot of clients. Yeah. Um, is a loyalty contract, is that unique to your firm or is that something that, you know, that it's, other uh, brokers employ? it's kind of a little tidbit that I'm throwing out there right now, but that's what I teach over at my brokerage. It is not something new. It's not it's, a common practice, but it's, it's not, not a common practice. It's not a common practice around here, but it is a common practice in other markets. And as we shift into a buyer's market and, um, without low inventory and agents have to actually go out and work and yeah. go knocking on doors yeah. and going, I mean, we have a sales power hour that w all we're doing is we're making our phone calls mm -hmm. and we're calling our database. We're calling our mm -hmm. clients and we're asking them if they have any, if they know of anybody, if they hear of anything and we're really leaning on clients to get back to us because that's our job. Our job is to network and exposure so we can bring that to our clients. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And to know how the contract works. Oh my that's, gosh. that's the we'll get into that later but <laughs> the loyalty contract i think dan is i'm just curious too is it it's something after an initial meeting you'd present of course yeah you know i don't expect a buyer you know that first that first meeting that first intro that first internet conversion lead that buyers online and they're looking on zillow or realtor.com and they just had a quick question yeah no problem it's it's the time when they go all right i i you know you've taken me out to look at our first property We've, you've sent me over properties. There's not really much here. Um, well, then we need to shift into a different strategy and let's go find that property. The moment that happens, you know, we need to come in. We need to set expectations of, you know, it sounds like you're hiring us for our services now. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that and what that includes. Um, the moment that happens, then we're off and running because now that client has taken the highest priority in our world because they've committed to allowing us to do an opportunity for them and go find them the property that they're looking for. Yep. They gave us explicit instructions of what they like and don't like, and we're off and running. <laughs> and that's Yeah, you're now in the lineup. You're, yeah. playing, you're playing ball for sure. And so that goes from being a prospect to a client. Yeah. And so as buyers call in and they go, oh, you know, I want you to work and do all this, and I'll look at them and go, you know, I, I take a handful of clients every month. Are you talking about being a client or I can easily just send you stuff? No problem. I want to continue to service that. But if you want me to go and do this extra work, I need to make sure that you understand that I expect that we're going to be working together when I write this offer. Mm -hmm. We remind people on this show all the time that as commissioned salespeople, we only receive income when we're 100% successful at our job. It's called a success fee. You know, yeah. I, I, it's not commission. I don't get paid commission. I get paid on my success fee. When I successfully find you a house, I'm going to get compensated. And mm -hmm. is that bad? I'm, that's what you hired me to do. Right. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to do it well. And at the end of the day, you're going to be happy because I did my job, but that's when I get paid. So I need to know that's right. that I'm not going to just be working for free. Yeah. I can't, I, I, I have bills. You're not bills. charging hourly. You're not charging an upfront application fee. Nope. You're, you're nope. collecting a fee only when you're hundred percent successful at your job. There's, there's always this expectation as that should be that, um, your, your real estate agent or your mortgage professional or whoever, um, is honest and ethical with you. Um, but I think that a lot of uh, buyers out there don't necessarily realize that there's that reciprocal expectation of them that they're not just going out and having 
10 different realtors finding them a house because you know there's people working there's people actually doing um so it's services for them and to set the expectation i don't want to get in where it's just oh it's all about the commission i mean i do work for my clients so i need to set the expectation of this is what i do for you and this is why you're hiring me this is the value that i bring to you and if there's no value there then don't hire me I, i understand that but once they sit down and talk with one of our agents they'll see how much effort we're putting out there to go find them the home. Cause we do know that inventory is low right now. And it's, if you're not out there looking for it or out there in the market, when it's happening, you're going to get passed by. And the moment that that does hit the market, if you're not prepared, you're already three, four offers behind. That's and right. That's the, that's the market we're in right now. And so buyers are like, well, you know, talk to me about when, when, you know, send me this drip campaign of properties when it hits the market you need to know about properties before they hit the market so you can prepare with your lender so you can get your lending in, in place. So you, so day one, day zero on the market, you're going, I, I've already done all my due diligence. I'm ready to write my offer. I'm not waiting a week behind and then going, oh shoot, I got bid out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the preparation that we, we help our clients through. So this concept of finding a property before it hits the market is that something and now I know we all know about the MLS and that's where properties get listed. And then there's this term that I believe you're referring to the pocket listing, which is kind of that, you know, it's, it's, I call it, it's an exclusive listing. It's okay. a, uh, it's a coming soon. Um, I, I don't use the term pocket listing, but th- that is very common in the industry. Um, as agents, we're going to our weekly meetings. We're networking with other agents. Mm-hmm. that's where we're hearing about things that are coming up. And mm-hmm. agents like to talk. <laughs> agents love to talk to you each other. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. I, my question was going to be, you know, do you hear about these properties pre-listing Absolutely. from within your own organization or you're actually hearing them from other um, um, organizations as we well? We have a system in place that our agents are able to go. We use Facebook and a lot of social media. We have a private group within our company and we chit chat all day long on that private group. Anybody want to do an open house? Can someone help me here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a property coming up. When we're at the property and we're talking to our clients, guess what? We're taking video right there on the spot and we're sending that out amongst our agents yeah. and our company to be able to communicate, to talk about, hey, I have something coming up in the next two weeks. Um, There's a whole procedure and protocol and forms that we have to fill out if we market versus don't market as an exclusive listing. Right. Um, I teach my agents the the proper way that the BRE requires. Um, And then we're, we're networking with agents outside of our company to let them know that what we have coming up is so then it's reciprocal. They tell us, hey, we got something coming up too. That way we can prepare our clients and any buyer that's been out in the market lately, you, you know that there's, it's hot right now. You're getting, you're getting multiple offers, especially if, if the seller is pricing the property accordingly to the market. So there's, there's three types of ways that you can always price a property and it, it all depends on what the seller's needs are. Mm-hmm. So when we're sitting down and talking to a seller about taking a listing, we're talking about what's the expectation. Do you want to move this property quickly? Do you want to sit on the average days on market or do you want to create a frenzy, a buzz? And based on his response, our client's response, that is how we're going to proceed with putting the listing on and talking about pricing. My job is not to tell you what your house is going to sell for. My job is to get a lot of exposure when you put that house on the market. Right. The market's going to set the price. And then hopefully we cross our fingers. There's some emotional bidding there. And yeah. um, that's that's when we start seeing the value because people fall in love with the house and um, 
you know, then they're willing to spend a little bit extra over market because they want that house. They love it. They've been beat up in the market because they keep getting beat out because they just wait for things to come on and they're not prepared. And then all of a sudden they have five offers and you know, that that's the game. That's, that's what's happening. I was speaking this week with a woman from Indiana who's looking to buy a second home or like a kitty condo type thing for their, um, their college age uh, son who's going to Cal Poly and they were missing out left and right because of all the cash buyers. And she was just astonished at how much cash there is that people can <laughs> afford these six and $700,000 homes for cash. And I was trying to describe to her where we were in California and, you know, the big city people selling their, their houses and they can actually buy a, a nicer house for less money here. And mm-hmm. so it actually seems affordable for some people here in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we had this, we, we had like a therapy session for a little bit. You had mentioned when you first came on that you do something unique where you're making a big splash with a new listing to get a lot of attention. I was wondering if you could describe that a little bit. Um, God, I'm giving all my, if you take the secrets. Actually, I'm not reinventing the wheel. We're just executing it. Uh, this isn't something that I've created. Yeah. It's, this is going on all across. We use, uh, we have a marketing coach. So we have, our company is coached by a bigger company that, shows how to properly market and solicit a house and push it out there in the market. Cause again, I, I can't, when I talk to a client, it's not my job to, I hate the concept of I'm going to sell your house. Yes. You're hiring me to sell the house, but my job is to get massive exposure for your house. Mm -hmm. My job is to get as many people through that door so we can, you know, so the market will allow us to, to move this. Um, so what I, yeah. I was just, no, please continue. I, I have something to say, but I think it, I think it can wait. Okay. All right. So I, a little tidbit, I love our property premieres. Um, we do things a little bit differently. We, we do a big, big, I don't do an open house. I don't do a caravan. I do a property premiere. It's uh, it's our spin on it. And I have multiple agents at the property when we work it. Um, and we give ourselves a good seven days in advance and we market and phone call and invite neighbors and we get other agents. And all of a sudden we have 40, 50 people there when we launch the property. Mm. And when we launch it, I have someone at the door. I have someone as a greeter. I have someone, um, two people working the floor and we're collecting the data. So we have a way to f- get feedback on how we did so we can get that back to our seller. Um, and then also kind of do objection handling that if someone has a concern, we're able to be the front mm-hmm. line because we know the property. So if they're online and they see the property online after they leave and they contact someone in, in the, you know, in a uh, online company and that gets rerouted over to another agent, that other agent may have never actually stepped foot in our house yet. So we want to make sure that if they have questions about the house, we're the ones answering those questions because we know we've done our research. We've had the property for a good month and we've done our due diligence so we can give the accurate information that, that goes right to the client. Um, by doing that, I mean, it. you get 40 people in a house all at once, there's a lot of talk, you know, and you can see it right away that, okay, this property is going to move, you know. It's people almost like are, the auction step at the courthouse. It's similar to that <laughs> with uh, wine Less and blood. cheese. Less blood. <laughs> <laughs> with wine and cheese and we enjoy ourselves and it's a social hour. It's, sure. you know, we're there to work. We're there to answer questions. Um, but we're, we're there to move the property. We're there to answer it and, and get the, get the rolling, get, get everything rolling. And you'll hear people will break off in a little corner and be like, oh my God, I really like this house. Like, okay, let's, let's put an offer together. And someone will overhear that and go, holy geez, I better get on the ball or else come tomorrow. 
Yep. I, yep. And we just had one, Was it? I think it was yesterday, over at 544 Elena. And sure enough, we had about 30. My wife is here. I got to do a shout out to my beautiful wife. How many mm-hmm. people did we end up having? 40. We had 40 people. That's where the 40 number came from. Um, 40 people. And of course, we have an offer and, and we're going to be you know, working with that buyer and seeing if we can put a deal together. Sure. Um, that's so. great. That's a smart approach. I like that. Um, it's big it, kickoff. Cause that's when you're most likely to, I mean, it's something new on market. I know yeah. at, at our house, we're always keeping our eye out for, you know, that extra bedroom, that fourth bedroom. And so we're always checking the seven day reports yeah. and that, cause that's, you know, we've already seen all the other stuff. It's been out there. But it's those new ones that are the ones that you got to jump on them. You got to be ready. You got to have a good agent looking for you. And I'm also hearing a lot about training. I've heard you say training um, with your agents multiple times already. Um, training is, uh, see, that's where I've taken my business and my company is I'm helping or the sales agents. I want the sales agents to do what they're good at. That's uh, we have awesome trained. I mean, we're up at 830 in the morning. We have an online webinar script reading i mean it kind of seems silly but as a sales agent i want to be the cream of the crop i want my agents to be the cream of the crop they are um they're on their game and that's value when you go and talk to a a lister you know when you go and talk to a client that i want to list your home when you go talk to a buyer that i want to help you find a home we better know the market we better be on our game on how to write how to do strategy how to talk with our clients about our strategy and then make sure the clients are on board before we execute it. Mm-hmm. So we're up at eight 30 in the morning. We're doing our script reading from eight 30 to nine. It's, it's, it's a routine. And I love that. Yeah. The type a person in me is falling in love with you. I mean, <laughs> if the house was on fire, I would grab my wife, my dogs and my database. <laughs> right. I love this business. Um, I do love this business, but it does take a person like a certain personality. This business is able to work with anybody. Everybody has a network. Everybody has a friend. Um, but yeah. now that agent needs to be able to have that support to come to and say, Hey, I have a great client. It's my parents. It's my neighbor. It's my friend. I have a license, but I don't know what to do. And like, what's our best strategy? Well, now you have a team, you got somebody behind you. You got multiple people that we can talk to and collaborate with. What's the best for this particular property? Cause every property is different. Every client is different. Every seller is different. Every buyer is different. Everybody has different needs. And how do you adapt to that? Um, our agents are awesome. I mean, I, the agents are the company. It's not me. It's it's me supporting our sales agents and the sales agents supporting the clients. Yeah. Um, and that's the company we've built. I'm glad you said that. You know, we're at that we're at that um, period. I want to talk about this before we get to the the top of the hour, and then I want to get into a whole nother discussion you with you after the break. But before the the break, we're in that period of the real estate cycle where now a bunch of agents have come in. Right, they're part-time agents. They're the the it's the getting is good. I can make forty thousand dollars. I work three hours a week. I'm an agent, so I think there's a lot of agents in the market. But some of those agents could be great agents. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the right leadership, or they just don't understand, you know that you can draft an addendum after you go into escrow. You know, they don't understand. So if there's an agent like that out there listening today, what do you, what would you offer an agent that, that might want to take this to be a real career? Um, to be a real career? I mean, 
everybody. I who say that. Has, well, let me back up. Yeah. That sounds harsh. It, <laughs> anyone that's working hard and being an agent, it's a real career. But I mean, making this a full fledged business where you can make great money, have a full practice, a full database. What I find is agents are getting their license, which is awesome. We, we love the new fresh energy that comes into this. I mean, that's what strives. That's what pushes our business. And as we get more agents, there's more talk about real estate. The confidence level comes back. Clients are getting more involved thinking, okay, now it's time to move and sell. Um, as new agents come in, everybody starts with their sphere of influence. Everybody has their network. Everybody mm. has somebody. And the reason why they got their license was for X, Y, and Z reason. So I got my mom that want to sell, that wants to sell their house, or I have a friend that wants to buy. So I went and got my license. That's great. Right. And they'll see that check right away and they'll see that first sale. And that is kind of a, that's, that's, it's kind of a, uh, an addiction. You're like, wow, this is awesome. I got to help my best friend get into something that, that, that is going to affect their life for forever. This, this is going to become their home. And I got to help be a part of that. That's a good feeling. And they go, I want that again. The problem is eventually their sphere of influence is going to run out. Mm hmm. And once it runs out, do you know how to go and start another sphere of influence? Mm -hmm. And that's where typically we have a big turnover rate is they come in and they don't have any leadership. They don't have anybody teaching them what to do to move their business to that next level. Because once you learn how to operate and function this where you're networking and you're building, um, then the sky's the limit. And that's truly my biggest concern is as these new agents come in, is the leadership in place that they're doing the things ethically and right? Um, because a lot of times they don't know. Mm -hmm. They didn't properly get trained on their contracts. They didn't properly get trained on how to respect boundaries of other agents and what that means when you have a buyer agreement form in place, when you have a listing in place, you can't solicit. That's an unethical, that's against, that's, that's against our rules. Yeah. And we're, as we are higher up in this organization, we start dealing with um, a lot of the local brokers around here. And we have some really good local brokers that we have, an, we have a great organization across the central coast of local brokers that are keeping agents in line to making sure that they're following the rules. Mm -hmm. um, and if something does slip up and a client has a concern, the brokers are on top of it, making sure that it's handled internally and that the client is knowing that it's being handled and that going forward, that's not going to be happening again. The BRE um, wants it that way. I mean, it's huge right now. We did oversight. a big shift over to a California wide system. So everybody in California should be operating on the same platform. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the communities that aren't operating on that platform, were still umbrellaed by the BRE that, that makes sure that we're all working the same direction. Um, I have launched over into other territories and I am finding that Business is done differently over there. Different is not necessarily bad. It just means that um, we need to adapt with the way they're doing things. But when I find blatant disregard to BRE rules, um, you know, I am going direct to the broker and saying we have a we have a conflict, not just on the agent level, but on a concern that as our businesses do work together, we need to make sure that we're on the same page because this is how it's properly supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that uh, I envision this like biggest loser like uh, vision, uh, not where the, the new agents you bring in are on a treadmill, but they're on like a phone and they're, they're not wanting to call anymore because they're getting rejected for the first time. They're not pushing themselves and you're standing there kind of like the trainer telling them, keep going. 
I, I think that <laughs> <laughs> we have little army men that we put up on our desks. Yeah. And every time we get a rejection, we flick it and it's like, oh, I got to know, but I'm going to keep going. And there's army men flying all over our <laughs> office. <laughs> you know, you got to have fun with it. Like, yeah. you know, it's the general public. We're going to get no's. We're going to eat yeses. And when we get a no, it's no big deal. It's, hey, yeah. I appreciate your time. But that means we're one step closer to that yes. Right. And we just got to keep pushing through. Just that, don't walk around the office barefoot because those suckers hurt. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we have a little office. It's our call center. It's like a phone booth. And it has, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It has a Superman logo on it. It says Super Agent. Because it takes a unique You got to make it fun. You have to make it fun. So. You got to laugh at yourself sometimes <laughs> I, in this I, business. Man, I fail all the time. Like, fail, sure. I pick, up my, pick it up and keep going. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, uh, we're visiting with David Hubble. He's the owner of Hubble Real Estate Group. Their office is in Grover Beach. You can find him online at HubbleRealEstateGroup.com. It's Hubble with two B's and two L's, H-U-B-B-E-L-L, RealEstateGroup.com. Um, and the office number is 864-2566. Um, how many agents do you have at your firm? So we're at... 36. Thank you. Wow. Again, shouting out to my beautiful wife. Thanks, babe. Uh, She handles everything on the behind the scenes. Yep. Same with the other We should get her a mic, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) She's going, no way. That's a big big operation. It's probably one of the bigger, bigger companies. You know, there's, um, there's some big, there's some big boys in town that have uh, a lot of agents. My goal is not just to just bring agents on. My goal is to not only have a lot of agents, but have a lot of well-trained agents. And so as we grow, I might not be growing at the level and the speed that we want, but um, the agents that are on board are cream of the crop, are the one percenters that are just amazing because they're putting the time in to learn the systems and learn how to do this business properly, where we're building in my office, I constantly am reminding them, guys, you're not a salesperson, you're a trusted advisor. You know, your clients are there because you're building mm-hmm. a, relation with, a relationship where they're coming back to you with the referral. The end result for our game plan is to have that referral business. I don't want to go out and have to hustle all the time and constantly chase the transaction. I want to do an excellent job for my clients so they go, hey, I have somebody that's moving into the area and I would only recommend your company. That that's, is the marketing. That is. That you is You doing my, your job superbly. Yeah. Where they go, uh, awesome. And it's, you know, can I get that testimonial? And then servicing our clients, following up, you know, making sure that the advertising or the, the anniversary date card that goes out and says, oh, you've been in your house for one year, the birthday cards, those are, that's the servicing part of it. Making sure you're there. Hey, do you have any issues with the house now that you bought it mm-hmm. after the fact? Mm-hmm. It's not just a closed deal and thanks and you're, they're out the door. Yeah, because you're not a CPA, right? They're yeah. not going to come and see you every March or April. No. And, and I, like with a shoebox. I think the statistic is most of the time the general public would say, I would use my agent again, but I just don't remember who they were. <laughs> that's more than 50%. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a lost opportunity. That's huge. So how many um, minutes does it take a year to call that person back? But I mean, we're getting into some yeah. sales stuff yeah, here. I think, I, I think for, for today's show though, I, I, you guys just picked up a new location. Uh, we did. So we're on the, we're in Grand Avenue uh, in Grover Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to talk about if there was an opportunity to just give the value to our clients of what we could sure. do um, and then kind of advise where the market's going or just. So we have, we were going to take a break at 10 okay. and we're going to have you back till about 1030. Oh, shoot. Does that work for you? That, 
you you give me a mic and I'll start talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't want you to get too gassed up before we cut you off. But uh, yeah, with with the new location, I I wanted to just make sure that was known, and then I also wanted to just piggyback on on you know some of the stuff you've been saying about your purpose as an agency and how you help people. Uh, well, yeah, I think you've really hit on it, but I, I think it's a key thing. I see a lot of agents in our transactions where I'm the lender, um, not really understand how the lending piece works, mm-hmm. not really understand the power of, of a true pre-approval, like a letter is just enough, not understanding how to ask for seller credits or things of that nature, things of that nature before the break or before the, um, before you get ready to close. So with regards to you know, with regards to that, I feel like agents today really should have more of a relationship with the banker, you know, really should have more conversation with the banker. And I, I, since we only have a couple minutes here, I just like to see how you guys handle that. A hundred percent agree. The, the lending aspect of the business is probably more important than our job because that's during escrow, (laughs) during escrow, like that is where they get their money. They, you know, they can't buy the house without the money. We can find houses all day long, but without the lender and without that financing, they can't close. So um, a good lender would do all the due diligence up front behind the scenes before we actually find properties. And that's, I can't tell you how important that is. And I know that's what you guys practice over at your company is making sure that the qual- the buyer is qualified because they'll fall in love with a house. It's not, we're going to show yeah. you a house. They'll walk in and be like, I love it but they need to be able to know how they're going to finance this transaction. What's the point of going out and looking if you fall in love and you can't purchase it? So you're, the aspect of the lender is, is super important. I think everybody's role in the transaction, it's not a one-person role. It's, it, there's a whole collaborated team behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We, um, we're going to get forced out here into the top of the hour break in just a few seconds. Um, I do want to remind you that we're going to have a, another half hour with, um, with David when we come back after this break. So uh, again, I want to invite you to call in and ask a question or share a comment. Um, you can call us here live in the studio at 543-8830, 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We're going to step aside for just oh, about five minutes, and then we'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, welcome back. It's the second hour of Mortgage Matters. Hop out of the pool. We're back on the yeah. air. Hopefully you've <laughs> found a cool place to land this afternoon, this morning. It was 90 degrees in San Luis Obispo at 8.30 this morning. I know. It's yeah. incredibly warm today. Well, I was over in Bakersfield on Thursday. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Toasty. This is nothing compared to Bakersfield, right? <laughs> 
Um, but here we are. Uh, we're back. Um, I think skipped right over this at the very beginning of the show. Jason's uh, down visiting some family this weekend, and so we brought in Mike Points to fill fill his shoes. Thanks for joining me, Mike. Always a pleasure. Always love having you on. And uh, we're joined this morning by David Hubble. He's the owner of Hubble Real Estate Group um, in Grover Beach. You can find him at HubbleRealEstateGroup.com. Having a nice conversation, talking a lot about um, some of their company philosophies, how they uh, really, really um, big on training agents, not just you know hiring people and throwing them out to do their own their own thing, but really having some structure within the company and a growing company too. Uh, you mentioned new office. Is is this Grover Beach lo- location new? Is it? It is. Uh, we we just moved in probably less than a month ago. We're still um, working through getting our signs up, um, but it's mm. fifteen twenty seven West Grand Avenue in Grover Beach. Um, great, beautiful office now for clientele. Um, our staffing's wonderful. Clients walk in, water, coffee. I mean, you know, kind of the first, the A plus service. Um, but right yeah, across great. the street from that Vons, right? Is right that, across that the major yep. and next to Foster's Donuts. I got a shout out for Sam because he's awesome over there doing that. Um, I saw that when I left your meeting on Thursday. I was like, I need some donuts. No, <laughs> get in the car, Mike. Get in the car. <laughs> um, so we're right in that corner. Um, good, great location for it. Great big training room to to teach and service, and then um, just right in the heart of Grover Beach. Great, great city. So. Hmm. Hmm. So, you know, I feel like yeah, I always love having agents on, on the show because you have a pulse on where the market's going and you see the frustrations probably more intimately than we do on things like supply. You know, people, buyers just being like, oh, I'm never going to get a house. There's never going to be a house for me. And sellers knowing that obviously I could sell today and be off the market, sell this thing in 30 days. I'm curious, where do you feel like supply is going? Maybe not in the next month, but you know, over the next two to three years. The overall picture. Um, is it going to stay a seller's market forever and ever and ever? Uh, you know, before I answer that, my kids would absolutely kill me if I didn't do a shout out. Because last night they were like, Dad, you're a celebrity. You're going on the radio. So I have, <laughs> we have to. to do that. I have to. And then let's jump right into that. Jim, do we have so. a drum roll button? <laughs> Oh, here we, we do. Go. Yeah. I do have I a drum roll button. All right, this is for your kids. This is for the kids. I swear, uh, we'll jump right into that. I was. Uh, all right, so Mackenzie Hubble, Caitlin Hubble, and Brooklyn Hubble. This is Dad shouting out. Love you, and uh, you're now a superstar. So. All right. <laughs> Bravo. All right. Um, One more snare drum. <laughs> and a dun dun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, so where is the market where I'm seeing? It, it, is, uh, it is hard when you're dealing with multiple buyers and you're putting those offers in um, and it is a hot property and only one person is able to get that property. Um, how you handle that and how we can handle the emotions and because we're on the roller coaster with you. I mean, it's heartbreaking when we're not able to help you get a property as well and then we have to go start all over again and start looking for another property. So we're right there with you you know, side by side going through this, this emotional roller coaster. But if you are in that, if you are in that uh, situation and it doesn't work out and you put your best foot forward, um, the goal is, is to get, that's our job. We get right back on the horse and we get right right back out there trying to find you another property. Mm -hmm. Now with that said, where do I see the market heading? 
Um, again, I've been doing this for about 13 years. I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know exactly where it's going, but this is my feel. This is my pulse on the market, at least for our local market. Um, I do watch the, nat- the national statistics, but at the end of the day, if something happens over outside of our local market, it really doesn't, I mean, it affects us, but we really have to sink down and get all the way down to what's happening in your neighborhood, what's happening in other neighborhoods around you. If you are a buyer and there's a property down the street that popped up and another property in another neighborhood that's comparable, is that going to affect your value? And Mm -hmm. so bring it down to the local level is where I always bring my clients when I'm talking to them. Um, Where I feel where I feel we're headed. Well, we had a lot of um, foreclosures back in the day. And I think that is going to start affecting us here in the future and affecting as far as buyers, sellers were able to pick up property um, almost 50% less than what value is right now. So as a seller, it is coming across our desk all the time of it's time to cash in. It's, it's time to move that money to other investments. It's time to 1031. It's time to you know, move that money. It's, it's typically sure. a cycle of about an eight to 10 year cycle. And we're at that tipping point of that cycle. Um, so with that said, if the amount of properties that were sold back in the day hit the market in the next 12 months, 18 months, that's a good amount of inventory that we're going to see moving on our market. And as inventory, it's like a supply and demand. It's, it's economics 101. As, as inventory goes up, um, you know, demand goes down. And so we start seeing a shift. Um, right now, the summertime is always the peak of the market for, um, for when properties sell the Listings quickest. And yeah. Yeah. So summertime's great, but I see over the next 18 months, starting to see a slow shift. I believe that a lot of these agents getting their new licenses has a lot to do with that as well. If we have a lot of new blood in the industry where people are getting their license and they're able to network quicker and quicker, there's a confidence level. They're hitting those people that have 50% equity in their house and they're going, I want to cash in. And now all of a sudden that has an influx that has a, an an impact on our market as well. Mm -hmm. Um, interest rates for buyers are still extremely low. So our buyer market is still there. But I do believe if you're a buyer, hang on, because you'll start getting more and more choices. Now, with that said, we live in an awesome community. This is a desirable area. So we are pulling a lot of buyers from the Bay Area, from Bakersfield, from L.A. So it's not that we're having a buyer shortage. I just think we're going to end up having more and more inventory hit the market, which will allow us to service these buyers yeah not a demand Um, reduction a supply increase and i don't see it shifting where it's going to be like oh my god a drastic change where all of a sudden buyers have the control it's going to become a traditional market that's actually kind of where we're headed right now where things will start leveling off Mm -hmm. then slowly as more and more new construction i know we weren't going to get in but as more buildings and stuff start popping up that's when we'll start seeing the drop where we have more inventory because of new construction plus uh, the retail side is growing. All aspects of the market are growing for inventory. And now we're going to start having a supply issue probably in, I'm going to say 18 to 24 months where it'll start shifting, where the buyers can start being a little more choosy and getting a little bit more, um, uh, you know, the terms of their offer can be a little more leaning towards the buyer than what's the like a mathematical ratio we can track for that is it when inventory hits 60 days or there's got to be some function you we look at the 10-year treasury note a lot in our business it has not a direct correlation to where rates are going sure. but is there something is there an inventory i keep figure an, I keep an eye that, on the days on inventory and how many what the month is how long the 
the month of supply is. So okay. if we have uh, three months of supply um, and you're constantly tracking that, so you're tracking at what were we last month, what were we last quarter, and everything just kind of shifts in a quarter. Okay. So definitely keep in mind that summertime is always a hotter time in the market. Right. Um, I don't believe that the, the fourth quarter is a bad time. It's just tends that agents tend to slow down because they start taking vacations and leaving. And so that definitely impacts when buyers go, oh, I'm not getting as many listings on the market as well. But yeah, we're sellers and an buyers eye. too are like, yeah. it's Thanksgiving. It's, I don't want people coming to yeah. my house. And so that tends to slow the market down. But that's actually the best time you should be starting to look because that seller that has to sell, mm -hmm. uh, they don't care. They're like, I have to do this. It's not a matter mm -hmm. of... Um, a want at that time they, they need to move the property maybe they need to move it before the end of the year because of tax purposes so they're they're starting to more of a i have to do this mm -hmm. um, but going back to your question mm -hmm. definitely days on market has a lot to do with that okay um, keeping an eye on the average days on market i think on our website hubblerealestategroup.com right on our front page it has medium sales price days on market this is based off of San Luis County that we just pulled direct data right from the MLS. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it has the algorithm set up right there that gives us that information out to the public. And so we, we keep an eye on that sort of stuff all the time. And I encourage my, my clients to keep an eye on that too, because that affects how we price the house, mm -hmm. what our strategy is when we go on the market. It affects a buyer when we're talking to them about what's a, what's a recommended price to offer. Um, all of that comes into play when we're strategizing about how we're going to either buy or sell this property. Mm -hmm. South County is going gangbusters right now. Every caravan I see, there's like five to six sheets, which is about anywhere from 30 to 40 units coming on the market weekly right now. Why do you, do you have any insight as to why you think that is? Is there, is there actually more units down there than there are um, in San Luis or? So South County, as far as San Luis County. Well, I see Grover, sorry, yeah. I see Grover a lot of Grover properties. Um, I see a lot of Royal Grande properties. And then I see a trickling in of like, never Avila, mainly Pismo or Shell. But I see a lot of Grover Beach and a Royal Grande properties. Is it because they've seen so much value? Shoot, that that's an easy one. It's because our brokerage opened up and now we're hustling. <laughs> <laughs> Jim with the snare drum. No, again, it, it goes back to people have equity in their home and they're looking to cash in. Uh, most people that are selling are, are taking their money and, and they have a good chunk of change in their yeah. house right now. I mean, when you're sitting on that type of, of income, that you potentially could cash out, that's pretty enticing when you go, how can I upgrade my lifestyle? Most people nowadays yeah. don't stay in their home for 30 years. It's like an eight to 10 year trend. And they go, wow, I can roll that money over where interest rates are, they can roll that money over. Yes, property values have gone up, but if you're rolling a large chunk of money over, then your value, the, the mortgage and your, your loan is actually pretty low compared to what you had. And you might be able to pick up a new property where you're just transitioning sideways. You're not, you're upgrading your lifestyle, but you're doing it by a transition sideways. Right. With rents property tax, but yeah. going up, you know, rents haven't been slowing down at all for the past forever. It seems like, you know, rents, rents just keep going up around here. The average two bedroom home, um, even outside of San Luis Obispo is 1500 bucks. It feels like, um, per month. You talked a lot about you know people picking up REOs. They've gained equity, maybe potentially wanting to cash out at this point. If there's you know a lot of those REOs are picked up by investors, and they're probably enjoying nice cash flow. They pick those properties up at rock bottom prices. Rents have gone up. They're just 
making so much money, um, I worry that that we're not going to see those properties come back on the market um, because just the monthly cash flow is enough incentive to stay in the property for the investor side. For the owner side, I feel like there's still this difficulty of finding the replacement property. And that worries me on those folks wanting to list their home because um, then they have to go out and make a contingent offer or whatever yeah. that complicates that whole transaction. So, you know, I'm I'm hearing you say that you, you see this happening organically sure. where supply is going to start to pick up a little bit. I guess I'm just expressing a little doubt and worry that that no, that's fair. That there's enough. these other it's factors. It's a cordial debate, is what it is. I mean, this yeah. is what the listeners want to hear too. I think it's fair enough. I think an investor that picked up a property is 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 obviously watching the market, and with the market cycling every eight to ten years, and it tends to do that. Um, they're looking at they look at that property as more of a, a an asset of when's the best time to cash out on it, um, and what can I do with that money if it wasn't sitting there get collecting this return on investment. So it, can I get that in a better investment and a more secure investment if I am transitioning and the market's going to start transitioning and then property values will start slowly. Um, if they do start shifting back down, am I going to lose my equity too? So I, I know that an investor wouldn't be looking at the overall picture trade-off. of that too. It it's is. It's a trade-off of the And yield. different investors have different Everybody goals, has different goals. Everybody has different needs. Typically, people <clears throat> that bought those investments or bought those REOs, they bought it because they knew the market was at the low point. And so now we're definitely back at that high point. Where it will go and how high it will go, I don't know. But uh, to make that type of return in, in a you know a, a this type of window is definitely something that people are looking at now going, yeah. is it, am I getting my best return on my money and could I do better? Or could I potentially lose this great return that I've wait, you know, that I've waited 10 years, eight years to gain. Sure. Um, as far as cash flow and, and I mean, there's always property to buy and there's always avenues and resources you have to roll that money over in 1031s and, you know, talking with tax advisors and CPAs on how you can move that money and still be able to get another return and basically start your, 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 your start it all over again and build another portfolio. Maybe pick up two sure. instead of just yeah, one. Yeah, take that equity um, in. Whether they stay around here or move that money other places and other counties, um, that's every seller is different. Um, yeah, I agree. And you know, we in some regards we compete in this market because we'll have you and I. We would have the same conversation with the same client, but their goals might be such that they just, you know, they want to retire as soon as they possibly can, right? So now they've paid down this principal balance, the rent's high enough that Dan or I could switch it into a 15 year or 10 year mortgage. And now they don't cash flow as much because they're still working, but they're paying down that principal quicker with the lower interest rate. And now they, they might step away from a guy like you to say sell, and it just depends. Yeah. And just depends. And I think the other thing too is investors don't know this, but you can, you know, you can do some cash out refinances on your investment property, leave it as an investment property, take some of that cash that we give you and then go buy a house with you. Sure. Sure. With I that mean, equity, if they want to stay in the game, because have, that house just makes a ton of sense to never sell. I have clients that are tired of just managing property. I was going to say at some point, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone gets a little tired of they're the just, needs of a renter. The, the calls and the electric, the light bulb is out and the, they're just done and they're going, the I've made my money. I'm That's good. And I'm, I'm done now. I'm ready to pass this on. 
typically what I'm seeing is they want that tenant to have first right of refusal. They're saying, hey, this has been a great tenant for me. Sure. Dave, will you reach out to the tenant and see if you can facilitate the transaction where they don't necessarily have to move mm. and give them an opportunity? Because when they're working with me, they're, they're hearing that the market is not leaning towards buyers right now. And they're going, my tenant's been awesome for me. I've made some good money. Let's give them an opportunity. And if that means it takes a couple months to prepare them to be able to buy in, or we work some seller financing out, or we do a lease option, or we do something creative that allows that tenant to have um, the opportunity to stay where they're at. Um, I think my, at least my clients appreciate that that opportunity. Sure. Um, and that that becomes a home ownership, and you start getting pride of ownership. Um, I, I think I've done. I'm working one right now over in Santa Maria, where the tenant's been there for a very long time. I have another tenant in Santa Maria. She's been there nine years. She doesn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. but she was not prepared to buy right away. So we're working out a creative solution for both parties for a win-win that allows her to prepare herself, talk mm -hmm. with a lender, get things in order, and then move on out of this and uh, take over the ownership while the owner gets to, and the owner just wants, she's getting to the age where she just wants to cash out. Sure. The income she's getting doesn't sustain her lifestyle and she wants to actually get a bulk amount of money to be able to pay down some debt. So again, everybody's different. Our goal is to tr figure out what your needs are and try to figure out a solution, a strategy to, to support those needs. You talked a little bit earlier that, you know, some people might be motivated by all the appreciation over the last few years and might be wanting to cash out. Um, we are, you know, most areas have recovered their value from the peak. Um, where do you see values going from here? Do you um, think they have room to go higher given the unaffordability out there or what do you think? Well, the, uh, I mean, we live in, we live in a beautiful country. I mean, we live in a beautiful, beautiful location. So that drives our market. No yeah. way you're going to cut it, but we have, you know, people come from far to move here because of our community, because of who we are as a community. They love this. Um, mm -hmm. I can't stress enough how many people come from the Bay area and come from LA that are just wanting to get out of those big cities and they come over here and this isn't sticker shock. Um, unfortunately our, working class folks that live here are having a hard time sustaining and they're starting to get pushed out and that's tough. And, um, that's as a community, we need to come together and figure out a solution for that. Um, because I don't believe our job market is sustaining our, our, our housing market mm -hmm. and, you know, outside money is coming in and it's, it's forcing us to change as a community. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. Yeah. You know, that's, that's struggles that we deal with on a daily basis. Sure. I sit on the board for the HBA and I only mention that because we're talking about this every board meeting. We're talking with city officials about, you know, reducing some of the fees to builders when they build new development. And, you know, it's a community issue uh, as much as we're not suggesting that you must push this back on the community, but you got to take some of that pressure off of builders because builders, just like any other business are, are trying to make a profit and, but they're also in the same time they're trying to make a profit they're really trying to do something for the community building new nice home developments you know we've got san luis ranch that's approved coming up over here right off the freeway between los osos valley road and madonna uh Rigetti ranch right off of tank farm almost 500 units there that's where tank farm meets old orcut and then we've got the avila ranch project off of buckley they saw some up to 3,000 new homes that are approved yep and I got to tell you right now, these builders are not popping bottles of champagne. They're, <laughs> they are looking at spreadsheets and worried that this is going to take a, a long time to do. 
the market's going to shift. They've got a lot of risk. And sure. so everyone needs to pull together. I know this sounds like a kumbaya moment, but it really <laughs> does have to happen for more people to stay here. Um, and I think the education level for new home buyers coming into the market needs to understand that you might not get everything you want on your very first home and to expect that you want these. I, I have a lot of younger clients that come in and they just, they want these big, beautiful homes, but the reality is you need to have a starting point. You know, when we, when we first bought our first house, it wasn't a great, beautiful home. It was a, I think it was a condo or a townhome, but we built into it. And Mm -hmm. we, every time we made our payments that gave us a little bit more equity and we were able to roll that equity over and roll that equity over the house that you initially buy your first house probably won't be the house that you end up in. Yeah, this is a, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's about, and if you're spending the money on rent, you might as well start looking for, for home ownership. Um, to start building a, a portfolio for yourself. The reality is, is you'll probably have to have a two income household in order to support around Most here. Most definitely. Um, and that's, that, that's it. I mean, there's no ands ifs or have your, have someone help you with a bigger, large down payment. There's some awesome programs out there now that you can get into a, a house. And I know you can talk about that very minimal down, but you're going to need the income to support you know, a $2,000 payment or a $2,200 payment. Right. But if rents are at 18, 15, $2,500, well, why wouldn't you be putting that money into home ownership? Yeah. Um, But I'm seeing a lot of buyers coming in and just, oh, I don't like the paint or the stucco (laughs) or, oh my gosh, the landscaping's dead. It's like, well, get out there with a a weed eater and clean it up. Like have some pride in what you buy and it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate, but it's going to be yours and you can build I think the good agents give them that response Mm too. It's not like, yeah, that's for you to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's the benefit of having a house. Buy (laughs) stock in Home Depot (laughs) as you buy this house. (laughs) The entry level buyers I see that I feel like I'm I'm watching them over the years doing it right. They're getting in, you know, hopefully they can scrape together a down payment. Maybe they have a relative who can help them out with a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, they're using one of these low down um, loan programs to get in the door. They're making payments. They're building sweat equity. They're they're enjoying the benefits of market appreciation. And then they're keeping their eye out for that potential move up home that fits more of their check boxes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they're flipping that equity that they've built in the, in the entry home into the new move up home. And, you know, that, that's where I see the, the magic formula too often. There's this myth spread about needing a 20% down payment to buy a home. It's just not true. You hear it. I mean, there's been radio shows on NPR and articles written that they, they get all over the internet and it's just not true. So we can't stress enough that they're the most common way that we see entry level buyers entering the market is with a less than 20% down payment program. And then building that equity through making payments, sweat equity, and hopefully with a little luck, a little market appreciation. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. And we're cobbling together funds for the average young first time home buyer. We're taking it from a 401k where mom and dad are ecstatic because, you know, first baby's on the way. They want to give them 20, 30, 40 grand. They've been thinking about it. They never told them, you know. I don't wish my parents were like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My dad showed up when we moved. That's, that was his gift. <laughs> that was his gift. <laughs> um, if you're out in the market and you find a good piece of property, right now the hot market is that first-time home buyer, still affordable. I call it affordable because general public, if you have like a two-income, this is the price range you're playing in. 
Um, the million dollar market is starting to heat up, but we're starting to see that, you know, those are longer on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes a unique buyer there that that's, you know, they have their funds, they have their financing. Typically they have everything in order, but um, the, the, the quick market right now is that first time home buyer or the three to 500 range, depending on where you're at in the County. Um, don't mess around with your offer. You know, don't don't nickel and dime. Don't play the game. You're coming in strong um, because especially look at the days on market. If it's if it hasn't been on the market for a while, no seller in their right mind is going to give their property away in this hot market. So if it's short on the market, you're coming in strong. Don't play the game um, and be prepared that if you, there's multiple, uh, be prepared. What is an extra five or ten thousand going to cost you over an amortized thirty years? Yeah, is that is that worth it for you? Because ultimately, that's how people are getting bid out. Is they're just losing it by terms. I had one guy lose it because he asked for the stove. I had 13 offers and the guy had number one property, number one offer, but he asked for a stove. We couldn't sell the stove. It was already promised to somebody else. It was already sold because we, it was an estate sale. So it's like, I got to counter you because of your stove. And mm. during that 24 hour interim, I got another offer um, that literally destroyed him. And it's like, if you wouldn't have offered for the stove, something silly we would have accepted because it was a great offer at that moment in time. And was it a Viking stove? <laughs> I mean, it was a beautiful $300 stove. Like, <laughs> $300 like, stove. This, is, this is where education with yeah. the agent comes in. Like Correct. If, if you're talking to me and I'm telling you I have 13 offers, like this is a hot, hot, hot property. Yeah. Don't mess around. That's great advice. Uh, great yeah. advice. And that's one of the benefits of working with a good agent is they'll help you sift through the emotions that can often cloud your judgment and um, help you make a rational decision on a property. And a great reminder that, you know, five and $10,000 is a lot of money, but it's really not when you're buying a house. $5,000 is like 20 bucks a month in your mortgage payment. Yeah. It's not a it's yeah. not a life-changing difference in your mortgage payment. So Look at the bigger picture. Yeah, definitely. David, we've really enjoyed having you on the show today and and thank you for taking time out of your Saturday. Um, we do appreciate appreciate your time today um Dave. i love this this is great <laughs> i wanted to just before we hop off uh if you would just one more time tell the listeners contact information you uh, want to get them hubble in touch real with estate you. group go to our website hubble real estate group.com h-u-b-b-e-l-l real estate group.com you can call us at the office 805-864-2566 or pop in and come talk to us we love talk real estate all day long 1527 west grand in grover beach and uh, ask for any of our sales agents they'll be happy to work with you a great, a great owner, a great agent, and a dad that's not in the doghouse. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Let's take a little break. Me. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's nothing like the euphoric feeling you get when you find the perfect home. The last thing you want is the embarrassment of discovering you don't qualify. It can actually cost you your deposit. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. 
Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Ole, 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 ole. Hold on a second, Dan and I are finishing the Congo line. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, welcome back. <laughs> it's Mortgage Matters. We uh, had a great interview. David is a great guest. Terrific, yep. Glad to have him here and get to know him a little bit more. Um, you know, part of that whole process of finding a realtor is finding someone that uh, gets you and your needs and wants when, it's, when it comes to finding real estate or listing your own property. And um, hopefully you got a little taste of what... David and his firm at Hubble Real Estate can offer you. Um, they uh, they take training seriously. They take this business seriously. Yep. And um, you know, really enjoyed our time with with him today. And hopefully you you liked what you heard. And you can check him out again online at HubbleRealEstateGroup.com. H-U-B-B-E-L-L RealEstateGroup.com. Uh, offices in Grover Beach. Very approachable company. Yeah. So we got a couple of minutes left, half hour, if you will, Dan, to wrap up the show. Yeah, we can kind of finish out the the week in the economic world and tell you just about what was what was going on and what's influencing the markets. Uh, we talked a lot about the employment report and that headline unemployment number um, increasing a, a, a tenth of a percent to 4.4%, but still very low um, unemployment. Uh, good hiring figures in June, 222,000 for the month of June, now averaging 180,000 new jobs each month for the year. And um, here locally, we've seen Slow County's unemployment rate drop below 3% for the first time since 1999. Um, wow. Yeah, so uh, that was, uh, you know. That's before I moved here. <laughs> right. That was, yeah, that was right. That was my first year here. Um, so this is the lowest unemployment we've seen in this county since 1999. The lowest, so are we at 2.9? No, we're at 3%. 3% was May of 27, was the May number. We were at 3%. Um, the lowest unemployment rate on record for Slow County, 
2.7% in October of 99. So we'll see if we can go lower. Um, there's uh, what we saw in the May report for our county was that the biggest gains, as expected in the summer months, were in the leisure and hospitality industry. Um, and we mm. also saw um, construction. It's mining, logging, and construction um, showed some growth as well. Um, and then professional and business services saw a little decline in employment in our county. Um, some of the major cities in our county here, uh, looks like the lowest unemployment rate was in Pismo Beach, 2.4%, uh, 25 in Atascadero, 26 in Arroyo Grande and Morro Bay, um, Grover Beach at 3.3%, Slow 3.2%. So Those are interesting numbers. A lot of, lot of people um, employed in our county. Yeah, uh, we're the fifth lowest unemployment rate in California among the 58 counties. So looking pretty good here. That's a great little summary you got there, Dan. I think yeah. that uh, what I do believe is, um, you know, somewhat of a concern on people's minds is, is you know, when when you have unemployment like this, uh, what is the what are what are the employers going to start doing to, you know get more employees sure are they gonna start offering bonus packages are they gonna start you know poaching from other places because there's not a lot of there's not a big pool out there right i got a couple of cpas i work with they're like hey do you know anyone i've been interviewing <laughs> for like two or three weeks i can't find anyone yeah we um my wife's dad just retired from the county of san luis obispo he's a engineer um worked on bridges and and things around Civil, the, yeah. the county and they Civic. have i mean this retirement has, you know, it's not a surprise. We knew this was happening. He knew this was happening. They've been trying to fill his position for a long time. And at the retirement party, talk, was talking to one of his coworkers. They just cannot find someone with any kind of structural experience to um, fill that position. And it's a good paying position. I mean, starts in the 80 plus thousand dollar range. Um, salary potential up into the six figures. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, this is a good job. Right. Works for the county, you know, you got benefits. Yeah. It's good Pension job, but, but, you know, still struggling to fill it. Um, they're trying to use existing staff to fill that role, but, you know, you're hearing it from CPA. We've got it at the government level. This is an issue. And hopefully, as we started the show off, we do see it translate into um, increases in the wage side, you know, employers it see it makes sense it makes logical sense to me that they would need to offer um, yeah more compensation to attract that better applicant in a, a market where most people have jobs now again mm -hmm. this isn't the market from 10 years ago when we had 10 percent plus unemployment this is a, a different jobs market mm -hmm. and um, we'd like to see wages follow which they should traditionally. Traditionally, they have followed when this unemployment rate gets below 5%. Right. Yeah, and I think there's an opportunity for for new employers too. I mean, Amazon's here. They're a big employer. Uh, Techtegrity is, is a relatively medium-sized employer. You know, they do the IT business, the technology sector. They could start hiring a lot of new people. I, I mentioned these firms because they're at the peak of like, look, if, if unemployment's 3%, what do we know about sales, Dan? Sales are there. Sure. So is expansion coming, you know, <clears throat> what does this mean for the mortgage business? It means, uh, you know, you might be, you might be in an opportunity here in the next six to 12 months to 
to get at that new house, to get to get the move up house. Um, you know, maybe you've been getting hurt at one price point, but if your if your wages go up three percent, you know that can be three or four hundred dollars a month. If you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, if it's if it's sixty thousand dollars a year, it's a thousand dollars a month. That's another hundred thousand dollars in house we can lend on you. Now, I'm not saying we max you out to the gills, but that might be the difference. I mean, a hundred thousand dollars, excuse me, a thousand dollars a month can move you into that new price bracket where you sure. where you now can be a little bit more effective. Yeah, and I think the other or you could bid higher in your same price point. Yeah, this this strong jobs report the the economy as it continues to recover um you know it's still slow i haven't seen the the pace of this recovery has been consistent it's been slow and steady um and as we continue to recover i think it's going to continue to put upward pressure on interest rates i i think it's the inevitable outcome here um the the fed continues to mention inflation and it, it it seems to be in a i'm trying to figure out how, you know just kind of beyond their grasp as to why inflation the inflation statistics remain low even though you know other market indicators would suggest that we should start to see more inflation at this point and that's really the only like the biggest reason that i can find that yeah that they continue to to moderate these rates otherwise i think they'd be on a more um aggressive cycle of rate increases right now well the uh the single equation there's an there's a single equation out there that they usually refer to in this less than five percent unemployment it's the phillips curve it oh yeah it's a it, you know it's created by this mathematician but basically between five and three percent there is an instant there should be an instant flux upward in wages based on the pure graph and what i think we're seeing is the fed is going off of some historically proven but maybe outdated formulas and you know there's things happening now that that just weren't existing in the 70s in the alan greenspan era you know yeah. the 80s the, you know gl global interconnection financially is higher than it's ever been baby boomers a, a group of people that large leaving the marketplace higher probably one, if not the highest, the second highest, you know, uh, exodus, if you will, of workers in our history of the nation, as the nation. You got, how many people have parents that are retiring in the next three years? Mine already did. Yeah, my dad retired a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, my in-laws are retired. Um, my dad's wife is retiring in two years. And so that's, there. I'm, I'm at 75% of the four parents in my life. So, you you get new jobs sure the data is like where do the jobs come from new jobs sectors all that but you don't get the money and like you said we're eating organic food we're you you know we're paying at the pump we've got these mortgages for houses that are not overpriced i'm saying but just expensive i got a client right now moving here from illinois she's selling her house in illinois okay sticker shock she's texting me right now and she's saying um I found another house that's under 500 and either she's down in Valencia, Santa Clarita, which is Los Angeles County. If you like six flags, it's where six flags is basically it's uh, a growing developing area in Los Angeles County. So the, the loan limit maximum is 636,000 and that's the loan maximum. And she's like, that's the most expensive house we have in like the entire state of Illinois. 
<laughs> and so she's a little sticker shock, but you know, the point is with her, it's she's I'm gov she's governing the payment and us more than the congressional DTI ratios or the guideline ratios by Fannie and Freddie are governing her. And, you know, she's trying to get a $3,000 a month payment. And so it's complicated. It's hard. And if we give her $10,000 more a year because the job market allows it, she's now, she now can go up to 35, 36. And that's the difference of, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but I'm repeating myself for a reason. I mean, it's, it's right on the cusp. It needs to happen. But if it doesn't happen in the next six months, when is it going to happen, right? I mean, is this the new reality? Yeah, but it again, yeah, you're looking up the median value in Illinois is $170,000. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's what my garage cost. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> no, no offense. No offense, Illinois. <laughs> I mean, Chicago, I guess, is a little higher. Oh, I'm sure uh, there's some pretty nice neighborhoods well, all over. For sure. I'm but, guessing yeah. some, but yeah. it's, she's like, what? That's yeah. the loan amount is that much? Yeah. So, Welcome to California. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Make sure you get a pool. You're going to be yeah. at your house a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, it, it, the housing situation is definitely different here and it's uh, it's it's unaffordable. There's no other way to describe it. It's unaffordable um, given the median wage around here. And and so but like like David was describing earlier when he was on the show, there's there's a lot of folks who are buying homes in this area who are coming from other areas where these prices aren't shocking to them. In fact, they feel like they can get more house for the money here. Um, so that that is an, a factor that will continue to influence our local real estate economy for, I mean, arguably forever. Um, I, I think as long as there are people on this earth, they're they're gonna want to um, move away from the big city as they get closer to retirement and yeah. move to a beautiful uh, location like San Luis Obispo County and take that equity in in their home in L.A. or San Francisco that's worth millions of dollars and you know flip it into a very nice home here and still have money left over to to play with to buy yeah. toys to go on vacations to do those things that they've always dreamed of doing their whole lives and now they can afford to do it yeah um so it's just the reality of of this market today it's interesting to get another local um broker's opinion on on how they see the next you know 12 to 24 months playing out it's interesting to hear that um, David's belief is that there's going to be more of an organic shift here. And we're going to start to see supply pick up <laughs> simply from the folks who have acquired real estate in the last five to 10 years and at, at low prices and have, a, a, you know, enjoyed all this appreciation and now might be ready to cash out. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be a welcome site for a lot of buyers in our area. Yeah. So I, I do hope that that realization come pulls through here. Um, it is time for us to take the final break of the show. We're going to take a quick break and we'll uh, come back and wrap this show up here. So stick around. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. 
Subject to lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328-358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. This always reminds me of Beetlejuice. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that because I wanted to say that. Yeah. Michael Keaton at his <laughs> finest. That's right. Love that movie. Um, welcome back. Listening to Mortgage Matters. We've had a great show, action-packed show. Hopefully, uh, our talk is cooling you off as you beat the heat today. Whew. Get out to a pool. It's probably 100 degrees outside. It's got to be 105 90 inside. on the way here. <laughs> yeah. This is a, it's a hot, hot studio, but uh, not too hot to, sent out the email about to take the a phone call. <laughs> Put more water on those hot rocks. That's right. We've... We've only got a few minutes left, so we're going to jump right to the phone lines. We're going to take Al from San Luis Obispo. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I was just listening to the show, and yeah, we did exactly what you said. We actually moved from Santa Barbara up here to San Luis. And one thing I'd like to remind all the transplants like ourselves that are coming up here is don't forget to get involved with your community. The reason that you moved here is because you find it a nice, cool, quaint community, whether you moved to San Luis, you know, Arroyo Grande, Tismo or any of the other Cayucas, any of the places around here. But you know, the way you keep the place nice and quaint is you get involved with your community, you give back a little bit, and stay up in your politics and go vote. Because if not, it's just going to turn into something that you didn't buy bargain for. <laughs> there we go. Appreciate that call, Al. Thank you. Amen, brother. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that is a great reminder. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we put into this community, and we'll get out what we uh, what we put in. So. And I always think, too, like some people, where's the nightlife? Well, we like it without the real 24-hour nightlife. Yeah. So 
you know, that's what you're looking for. It's not here. Yeah. I right mean, right? we don't, we or, don't need like nightclubs, but right, it'd right. be cool if yeah. some restaurants stayed open past yeah, like eight o'clock. Eight o'clock yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, Nordstrom's or whatever, that's yeah. in Santa Barbara, you know, yeah. and we don't have it here because we kind of don't really soon. want it. We might yeah. have a bowling alley yeah. soon and slow. Yeah. That yeah. could be cool. That could be cool. Uh, agree with your community comment, Al. Um, for those of you that just went out of town for the 4th of July, maybe went to a lake, went to ski the slopes this year in Tahoe, which is crazy, you might have left town with one of those real estate magazines thinking, how can I get a second home here? I mean, we come here, we love it here, our families can all get together and buy one home. And I wanted to just remind you that second homes are m- much easier to buy than you think. Um, they're not seen as like real estate properties or excuse me, investment properties. They're seen as a second dwelling. And the conventional pricing, excuse me, the conventional mortgage rates are the same as if you bought your primary. Um, many of the second home mortgages we offer only require 10% down. And uh, you can have mortgage insurance with that 10% down. We also have opportunities to, a lot of these second homes have been owned for a long, long time. And we can talk to you and advise you on how maybe a, a seller finance would work. Central Coast Lending doesn't offer seller financing. That'd be offered from the seller, but we can talk to you how that would work. And then after you acquire the property and you and your family work out the details, we can do a refinance loan for you. Um, I just thought we'd mention that, Dan, it's prudent this time of year. People are vacationing and they're thinking, gosh, what if we just came here every year? You know, what if we had the house? And then obviously there's always the, what if we just turned it into a VRBO and then came two weeks out of the year and made millions of dollars from it? Yeah, and that's a whole nother thing that I think would make a great radio show topic is talking about the Airbnb and VRBO um, and how that impacts your real estate investment, Um, whether it is an investment or a second home or even a primary residence that you're, Mm -hmm. um, you know, listing on on one of those sites and getting getting the short-term stays it it does impact your property and its ability to be financed so it's something that uh would need to be developed on a we're going to talk show. next week maybe we should maybe we should hit on that that would be good yeah i'll be back next uh, week that's, on that sounds great yeah i think that'd be a great topic it's something that's becoming more and more popular um, you know, I feel like it's the way to, to go away and vacation anymore is to stay in it's amazing. An Airbnb. It's amazing. The problem with hotels is that you, you know, if you go with more than you're disjointed, you and your, and your spouse or whoever, you yeah. know, that normally you could stay in one room. Yeah. Then you have to separate into different rooms. You don't get that opportunity to spend time together. Bond. Um, so having the house together, you know, you could even, you know, cook meals together, do that kind of thing. It's, it's the thing. And I, I see it all the time. Um, people are doing it even with their primary residences. It's terrific supplemental income for individuals. Many, many single older people rent out rooms in their house to supplement income, lower their finances, but it would be a great conversation for next week. Next week, if I may. Yeah. We're going to have Christy Carter of Carter Real Estate Group on. Oh, cool. Um, she's great. She does a lot of social media. She's got a great YouTube page. Um, she's going to talk to us about a couple things that I think listeners will want to hear about, things that she does differently. Also, um, next week, I'd, I'd like to get more into this Airbnb VRBO because I've had a lot of experience with it now. And what should we have until next week for news? Is news light next week? 
I, um, I can't recall if the Fed is not meeting. It's um, I don't know. Middle I th- week. I would think that they're meeting the week after. Right. But there's July is one of those months where there's not expected to be any fireworks. Um, there there should not no expectation for any kind of rate increases at the next Fed meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect we'll it have, to be lighter. We'll have some quarterly earnings reports coming out from larger companies. So expect the Dow to do its thing and and um and see how rates go over the week um as we wrap up i just want to i just want to mention to our listeners that you can reach any of our offices our four offices um, by either going on centralcoastlending.com or one number rings all four of our offices that's 805-543-LOAN 805-543-LOAN we're always ready to sit and talk with you whether it's be counseling to plan for a year out or get you into escrow on monday morning Um, we're here for you as local loan officers and we want to meet with you also check us out online centralcoastlending.com a lot of great information real estate statistics we've even got our online loan application it's secure and safe it's a great way to get the loan process started um, we hope to hear from you next week at the office. Again, that number is 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Everybody, please get to the beach, stay out of the heat, wear some sunscreen, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week with more Mortgage Matters.